Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Strawberry Sundays podcast. We have the man myth legend Smurfy with us today. How are we? I'm very good, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. We'll get straight into it. We won't keep the viewers waiting any longer. So if you want to get into it, um, just tell us a bit about yourself for people in the chat that may not know uh, who you are. Cool. So um, I'm Smurfy. I've always known as Jack. Um, I'm the owner and founder of Team Delirium, and I'm a graphic designer. Um, there we have it. Yeah. So we'll go right back to the start. Start from the beginning and get a little timeline going. Um, so when was it sort of that you started getting into gaming? Um, what, just casually or competitively? Or just... Yeah, casually we'll start with Casually. That. Well, my first console was probably probably a PS1. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think it was PS1. I was about, I don't know, six or seven. Um, used to play like Spyro, Rayman, like Crash Bandicoot, them sorts of games. Yeah. Um, and then from there, obviously, went to like PS2, and um, that's just all your classic PS2 games, really. And then 360, when I was about like 10, 9 or 10, used to play like Halo 3, Saints Row 1, that sort of thing. And then I got into like COD, so like COD 4, uh, World at War. And um, yeah. Is that where you said, like, you know, you mentioned competitive? Is that where that sort of sprouted from? When you yeah, so to when I went to secondary school, one of the boys I met in year seven, he was into game battles. Um, mm. And he was like to me, oh, yeah, like, watch you play COD. And I was like, yeah, I wasn't very good at all. And um, he was like, cool, add me when you get home and, and we'll play. And he 1v1 me on shipment. I remember it. He had total breaches. I didn't know what they were. And I wouldn't even use Dead Silence. So he just like slapped me, like, <laughs> didn't get a kill. And I was like, how does he know where I'm coming from all the time? And he was like, oh, yeah, I have this headset. Like, I played this website called Game Battles. Got into it from there, really. And um, yeah, just like playing with the school friends. And then uh, because of that, I was really into like, the GFX. I wanted my page to look cool. And my friend who mm. got me into it, he actually made graphics. He wasn't, he was all right. He was all right. He wasn't, he wasn't great. But <laughs> I, I used to always ask him, yo, can you make me like a, a graphic for my page? And he always just said, yeah, but never did. So I just thought, fuck mm. it, I'll, I'll teach myself. And then just, yeah, taught myself. And here I am still making them like 10, 11 years later. So was that for like the old school? Because it was like YouTube banners, wasn't it? Back in the day. Is that what? Uh, no, it's more just like game battles, like signature on your, like, yeah, on your game yeah, yeah. you have like six down like the side, obviously like your avatar, your profile pic, then like team logos, and there was like big players um, in the U, like Downey and America and stuff, and you'd go to their game battles pages and you'd comment, because people used to go every day to their page and comment saying like, looking for a team or looking for graphics, um, so I'd comment saying like, yo, I'm making graphics, hit me up, and then people would inbox me and word got about, and you know, just stuck at it. Mad, mad how sort of like gaming can get sort of that, that growth um, to sort of where you are now. Um, like I said, I think Definitely. everyone had had that one friend that used to play game battles and got them into it back in the day. Did you, uh, did you watch it at all? Did you watch like competitive mm. when you got into it? Or Yeah, well, I, I didn't watch the, the Americans too much. It was, it was like Black Ops 1, Mod 3. Um, mm. I started watching like Deserter and stuff. I used to play Deserter. Which was like the equivalent website to Game Battles. So I used to watch all like, you know, like Tommy, Swanee, Mudcat, Jerd, all like the European pros. Um, yeah. I really, I wanted to go to LAN. I was like 14 and I really wanted to go to LAN. I made the team. <laughs> I actually made my first org when I was 14. Yeah, I say org, it was just like a team really, but had like a website and a logo and stuff. And it was actually called Empire, like Dallas Empire. Um, and yeah, so teamed with like two of my good friends who are now like footballers. Well, one of them is, one quit. And just like another like long term friend. I mean, we were pretty trash, but it was just fun, man. Just like 
playing scrims and stuff after school watching yeah i used to watch streams twitch wasn't really popping really then it was more just like youtube content I used to mm. watch like Gataga and um it's yeah people uploading scrims and like full maps and vanity one day cups and like things like that so yeah yeah yeah. I used to watch it a little bit back in the day i was more into the uh you know like the montages and things like that oh yeah don't get it twisted i used to watch montages too because a lot of my friends so a few of my school friends were like game battles orientated and like competitive mm. esports it was quite underground and like not very cool and then the other side was like trick shotting and quit scoping and phase and like youtube yeah. montages so i i had the best of both worlds i used to watch both yeah. and the beauty of being a graphic designer is that you could network and be kind of useful in both areas because like everyone wanted graphics so i used to like work with some sniping teams and trick shotters and montage peoples and chat to editors and stuff and then on the other side i'd be working with like the Soto players and game battles players so yeah, I used to like bridge across the, the two. But now it's all just like one thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. God scene. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, so like you say, the, the graphics, did you have sort of an interest in graphic design before sort of getting into it all? Or was it just like you say, just to sort of make your page yourself? Uh, um, you wanted to make you look clean or? Not, to be honest, man, I was like 11, 12 when I got into it. So I, I didn't mm. really have an interest like per se. But as I was doing it, I like grew an interest and started, you know, yeah. finding my, my enjoyment for it. And getting passionate about it but um i don't know i guess i'm like a little bit creative i used to like drawing when i was younger not like i wasn't very good but do you know what i mean i think graphics is one of those things where you can try yeah. and express your creativity a bit so um that's why it's like i it then got to a stage where i didn't even like doing it for myself i never really did it for myself i'd always just want to do it for other people and then when i was like 16 17 people were like oh can i pay you to do it like i was like, oh shit like people actually want to pay for yeah. this and i was like cool all right and then it's like getting some money off it but i never did it for money like i never gamed for money or it was always just passion driven do you know what i mean so yeah, yeah just just went with it really yeah i think you can always tell though with people's graphics if they are especially with a designer if they are sort of money driven mm -hmm. um because you don't see that the sort of the creative side of it yeah um definitely whereas like you say you know yourself you've got that, that sort of creativity behind it and money's not really the, the the reason why it's always good though to obviously collect a bit of of cash at the end of the job yeah, exactly, um, exactly. so let's go into team delirium so let's go right back to the start for there as well so obviously yourself um as a founder when did it all begin um I, like i said i always wanted a team when i was young i mean like i made a few teams and like orgs but i just i was very sort of call of duty focused and mm. as i was getting older getting like more able to maybe do it call of duty was getting bigger and more expensive so it was like an uphill battle really um but i made delirium initially in 2017 i i was playing h1z1 a lot i sort of didn't play cod too much just like the occasional gb or you know what i mean so i just went over to h1z1 um played with some friends over there and we wanted to make a little team just of ourselves so we made one and we had a few different names and then we settled for we made delirium i came up with the name um and we had a little little gang and we then i was thinking yeah the the team's name's quite good let's try and make it into like a bit more than just a friendship team let's try and make it a bit of like a an organization maybe so with that being said there was a dream hack event coming up and we picked up two foxy who's a european halo pro he's actually i just seen the other day he's actually in navi now because uh, the new halo's dropped and he's in he's in navi which is sick um but he was doing really well on h1 at the time so we picked him up um, and we sent him to DreamHack, I think, I want to say it was Atlanta. It might have been, I don't know, it was one of the American states. Um, and he was playing against, like, Ninja, Tifu, Symphony, mm. all, all the big dogs. 
he didn't like respectfully he didn't do very well like it's just one of those things in it so <laughs> that happened yeah um but he was really good though but it just you know what battle royales are like they can go against you yeah, so exactly. that happened um and then from there i don't know h1 sort of died i sort of the team sort of came to an end in like 2017 it was very like short-lived a few months mm. um and then yeah that was that and then a year later i want to say like the start of 2019 so like one of my longest online friends is ghoul who i own delirium with now um he used to be called slum back in the day he was our god four player um and we used to always keep in touch and he did for some reason he was over in the fortnite scene at this at this time he was playing fortnite and he was in a team over there and he came to me and said yo like i want to we should make a team of our own obviously you have always wanted to make your own team you have like the graphics ability you can make the team look decent i want to be in this fortnite space it's like the next big thing it's very much like the current day how back in the day there was like the modern warfare 2 sniping era of like phase clan and optic obey all like the, that passionate sort of underground youth who wanted to come up and be in teams that was what was happening in fortnite it was very engaging all young like teenagers who were really like putting in the effort and wanting to like do well and the clout was there bro like people were actually getting quite big off fortnite so he, so he was like let's make our own team i've seen these teams that are doing well over here now they're run by kids and mm. they don't know what they're doing so i think if we give it a stab we could do well so i was like cool let's do it like fuck it i got nothing better to do at the minute so we made it and he was like oh what name should we do like and i was like do you know what like i made a team like a year or so ago called delirium i really like the branded and stuff so let's just run with that and he was like cool let's do it i like it so then we kick-started delirium there in fortnite and yeah it did really well like i got a shout out him though and our other owner who came in later called liquid who was like fortnite based because like although i liked fortnite just as much as the next man i didn't really grind it too much like my passion was always cod so yeah. there was came a time where fortnite was really blowing and those guys were just like smashing it and i was just helping out where i could just doing the brand and the graphics um that was like a solid year i want to say yeah like 10 to 12 months and we got quite big quite known i uh, had like some really big fortnite creators who went on to some some of which now are in like tsm um other big orgs as well mm. one was like a phase five finalist so fortnite had, had the talent and we were just like we were like a stepping stone team a lot of like kids would come in yeah. blow up under us and then leave onto like bigger better teams which is cool um and then warzone came out got into warzone and yeah that's the rest was history really yeah, because I know there was like that sort of um, six months to a year of where Fortnite was literally like everyone's sole focus. Yeah, um, it was huge, and and I think they were sort of the first like big big money tournament. And there was that uh, was it that four mil one that that Google. Oh yeah, yeah, the the World Cup. Um, yeah, there, there was those sorts of big tournaments, um, and they were like the first sort of ones in the scene, weren't they? And then obviously Warzone came out and, and followed suit. Yeah. Um, but but do you think that was what gave you like the sort of the, the push you needed to kind of get Delirium back started again um, and get the passion back to it, sort of make them a top team? Definitely. The the thing with Fortnite is was it, it was free and it was the scene was just like untapped. It was it was so raw and so sort of it just all it needed was someone to come in and just take over or just like there was just so much to benefit from it. Things like COD were really saturated and like. You know, what was this, 2019? There's no way I could have got into COD at like a high level in, before Warzone. I'm talking like Respawn and like LAN in 2019 with, with no funding. It just wouldn't have happened. We could have got like a really shit team and would have been way more work than what it was worth. But Fortnite was just a golden opportunity, man. All these kids were really hungry. They were, they were they're content creators, so they'd come on every day and they'd just be grinding and doing YouTube. And their clout was crazy. I remember before we actually made the team, I joined the team he was in for like a week. 
because he was like, come join this team and see how, how passionate this, this scene is and how like, we can you know, capitalize off this. Mm. I joined the team. I did like a really average graphic. Um, and I, they were like, oh, yeah, you should tweet that out. So I tweeted out and they got like hundreds of likes and they were all gassing it up crazily. Not that like likes really determine anything, but it's just the, enge- the engagement I saw from such young kids and how passionate and you know, engaging they were when it came to like social media and all that stuff. It was like, yeah, like if we made a team, I think the numbers, because you know, numbers don't lie, man. When you're approaching sponsors or whatever investment, if you've got the numbers to back it and the social media presence, that's like the golden ticket. So I felt there was so much to be, to be taken from Fortnite. So yeah, Fortnite definitely helped us get established. And then I, I just knew it was a matter of time. By the time we capitalized maximum or Fortnite, we would then sort of we'd be set to go into any other realm we wanted to, if that be COD or any other game, which, yeah, we're slowly starting to do. No, it's, it's clear just by the way, you know, that, that you speak and you hold yourself that, you you know, you have that sort of level head um, to sort of keep an organization in the right path um, and not jump to, you know, situations. Because like you say, you could have just jumped into the COD scene you know, and gone, right, t- you know, take a team to land in it and, you know, they're not doing very well. And then it's like a lot, like you said yourself, a hell of a lot more work than, than what's needed. Um, yeah. So I think by the sounds of it, you picked the right sort of time to jump into Fortnite. Um, and then like you say, branch yeah. out to other games. Um, yeah, but like you said, you've got, you've got Warzone. Um, so do you want to go to sort of the start of Warzone? Was it something from right to start of Warzone where you sort of, we're like, yeah, this is this is what we want to do. We want to get people involved in Warzone. I mean, the second it came, yeah. I mean, the second it dropped, I, I knew that this was gonna be our pathway into COD if we were to get into it. Mm. Um, and you know, it was it was at the start of lockdown, wasn't it? In the first twenty uh, in twenty twenty in the first lockdown. Yeah. So it was just a like, really good timing for me because I was working full time at the time, and then I was working from home, so a lot of my time was at home. And then COD came out and. It was taking over the internet and the gaming scene and it was free to play and there's all these big tournaments and all these big creators coming into it. So I thought, yeah, like we should definitely try and get into this. Let's just try and figure out how. Um, and luckily for us, our first person we had in the in Delirium Warzone side was, was Angelica because she was already in Delirium. Because at the time before Warzone, she was playing Fortnite. And I've known Angelica yeah. for like a few years just through the European sort of S&D GB scene. Um, shout out to her and like obviously Saudi and stuff. So I knew of those guys and she was just in the team just doing Fortnite YouTube and stuff casually as like a mate. And then when Warzone came out, we were sort of looking at it, saying to each other, we wanted to get into it. And then she came to me and said, oh, I really want to get into Warzone and start streaming that now. Would it still be okay if I stayed in the team doing that? And we were like, yeah, well, it's funny you say that because we kind of want to get into that angle. So yeah, for sure. She was doing that. Then she went into Warzone and she was doing really well. Um, And then... A few weeks, weeks or like a month or so later, maybe, I don't know, a few months later, um, Vapula, who, who I've known for many years as well, um, had spoke to him in like three or four years, maybe. He just reappeared on the scene. And the first I saw of him, he was playing in, in a big tournament with, with Vicstar. And I was like, what the hell? Like, what's, what's been mad? And then I reached out to him and he's like, oh, yo, some of my spoke to you in ages. Like, what's good? And I was like, yeah, man, like, what's good? Like, I see you're playing Warzone now, doing well for yourself, streaming and stuff. He was like, yeah, like, I'm in a team, but like, I like your team, like, get me in. I was like, I was like all right, so I just got him in. So got him in the team from there, and then, you know, early doors, we had Angelica and Vap in our team, just, that's like the foundations, they were both doing really well. And then from there, got Louis C.M. and, and, and Lennon, um, and then Scummon. So yeah, man, it was just like a gradual thing, it was just, uh, just rolling with it and 
seeing, seeing where it goes. But yeah, I'm really excited to see what the next map's saying, um, which is out soon, and what we can do there. But yeah, that was sort of the history of, of, of Warzone for us. And like you said, those those players, individuals, sorts of um, their streams, obviously throughout Warzone, have blown up over sort of like the last year, year and a half. Um, do you think that sort of benefited you guys with them, you know, getting to a stage where they are blowing up, um, being under sort of your brand, because um, obviously representing them, you know, sort of day in day out, you know, your brand will get recognised and things like yeah. that. So do you think it was a really like sort of benefit? Um, yeah, definitely. Hundred percent. Um, you know, obviously the guys aren't there anymore. They've gone on to do other things. But I'll always say, and I'll always be so grateful for what they did for the team. Um, for free, they were just they were in the brand. There was no contracts or anything. There was just like a mutual agreement. We were all friends, and they knew I wanted to grow a brand, and I knew they wanted to grow as themselves. And we were just it was you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. If they ever needed help with anything, I'll try and do it to the best of my ability, and, and vice versa. But yeah, no, definitely, they definitely um helped Delirium grow. We got a lot of fans through through Warzone and stuff and just subtle things like them playing together and winning tournaments and rocking the clan tag and just people seeing it. There'd be, there'd be times where, where I'd be playing um, with like my IRL friends rocking the clan tag and like people would recognise us in game and stuff and you'd hear it in the death call, like, oh, you know, it's Delirium and stuff and it's just like me and my mates, we're pretty average. You know? <laughs> so, you yeah, know, they definitely got us the awareness, which is what, I, that was the goal. Um, and yeah, I, and I appreciate it from from those guys no, of course um, and like you said a new map um, sort of is, is that your sort of goal to continue to obviously follow Warzone to see how obviously the new map is um, and sort of go from there or have you got any sorts of future plans to expand to other games as well or um, yeah we've got a few plans uh, we definitely obviously want to get into Warzone uh, again I mean the only player we have currently is Scummon who's obviously like twisted and he's just a beast anyway <laughs> um but no, we definitely want to pick up some more European talent going into uh, the new map. It, it, you know, the first map was nice. It gave us a bit of an understanding and learnt the ropes and, you know, helped us study who was up and coming and tournament formats and, you know, how we could benefit, how we couldn't benefit. So um, it was definitely like a, a learning curve and very educational for us. And I think now knowing what we know now going into the, the new map, I think we'll be able to do the same again, if not a little bit better. Um, and just with, with the way the team's growing, obviously the, the team's like doubled, I think even maybe tripled in size since we were in Warzone. So um, that's not due to Warzone primarily, obviously. That's due to like Fortnite and other stuff as well, like streamers and yeah. XYZ. But yeah, man, we definitely have plans to just continue growing on Warzone, content creation, stream, getting some streamers involved. And then when it comes to other games, yeah, we've, we've got our eyes on Halo at the minute and um, and Vanguard. We want to see, I want to see what, you know, the season's saying when it comes to challenges and if if it's worth getting into. If it makes sense and it's beneficial for us, then, you know, we'll give it a go. But if something's not beneficial and it's just like a waste of time, then we just won't even, you know, risk it really. I think, like you said, um, you know, if, if sort of lands and things like that come about again, um, it does make sort of sense for a team like yourselves um, and the teams to sort of be invested in challenges. Yeah. Because then obviously the brand is being, you know, um, showing off to other people, you know, you're having that exposure. Whereas, like it has been the past years, you know, online, there's no, there's no sorts of, especially when there's no streams from exactly. you know, the Call of Duty side of things. Um, from an org perspective, I can imagine that's sort of hard to justify. Yeah. Um, it's like respectfully, why would I? Why would I want to pay, uh, you know, a mid-tier challengers team to 
but when the main viewership's not even on challengers, it's on Warzone. And I can get like really good Warzone players for free. Do you know what I mean? It just yeah. does. It's, it's really imbalanced. So yeah, like I said, if it makes sense and we we have the funds or we have the, the infrastructure to support a challengers team and challengers is worth getting into if the game's doing well and there's viewership there and it's beneficial for the brand, then we'll definitely consider it. Um, but yeah, if not, I think you know we'll, we'll definitely stick at Warzone. And also we have like a YouTube, we have a Call of Duty channel that it's just like a casual sort of COD community fan base that just has like this whole sort of fan base of casual like rebirth players and like Modern Warfare slash Vanguard S and D and we have like YouTubers who do that stuff and there's a lot of viewership in that. Like Face Swag has reacted to like a few of our players over it on his YouTube channel and um we like you will get recognised in game if you rock the clan tag if you're playing Rebirth or Vanguard S and D or something in like America. So our fan base is really sort of spread out in loads of different areas loads of different demographics so just can going to continue to strengthen that in like the next year or so yeah exactly um one thing that, that i you know find quite interesting is the way that sort of your your mindset is in terms of um like you say being the founder um and having multiple people help you at, at that sort of top top level of yours um and just the, the planning ahead um and things like that you know getting everything in, in motion um it's such a such a crazy thing to sort of sit here and listen to that um especially with my someone like myself who has no idea um if you chuck me right in at the deep end i would literally have no idea what i was doing yeah um <laughs> so do you want to talk about just sort of like how you know the the management side of things work within the org your, your sort of day-to-day with the org so like the viewers can kind of get a bit more of an understanding of what you sort of do day to day yeah for sure um off the bat that there's no secret formula or any sort of for me as well man like i've never really run a business or an org myself so it's really just going with the flow and just trying to you know, <laughs> figure things out um it one thing i will say is just it's really where i feel um delirium has been successful in comparison to teams i've made in the past that haven't been is in the past I was trying to do everything myself. It'd be like a one-man army. It's like a CEO or like an owner, and it got quite taxing to like be a designer, like try and manage this team, manage social media, do this, that, and the other. It's it's a big job. It's like a business, although you may not think so. It's in terms of like you know you're not making money off the bat, but Delirium we had the infrastructure from day one. Like we had myself, my good friend Gul, who you know we kickstarted the team, and what I'd be doing on a day-to-day basis and what he'd be doing are very different. Um, we may we may not even speak for like a day, but we'd come back and say yo. I've done this today. I've been looking into this player in, in this game, and he said, "Oh yeah, I'm chatting to these people in this game, and I've got a content idea to do over here." And then he'd sort that out, and he'd reach out to editors. So it's just many hands make light work. The more people you have helping you out and trying to work towards that final thing, it's definitely helpful. Mm-hmm. And then as the team grows, you can get management in and more designers. And I'm really fussy because as a designer, there's like a certain way I want the brand to look, which is a bit you know biased and stuff. But so I do the designs still um, for for the brand, but hopefully there'll come a day where. I, I can just sit back and let someone else do it and I'll be like content with that because um, there have been times where we've had other designers in and respectfully they've done some things that I'm just not really too keen on and it's gone out on their team page and I'm just like oh you know why did that go out like I'd rather do this way and it's like yeah we get it um, but day to day man I mean at the moment it's a bit stale it's it's very much just, just researching bro just like I always say don't try and compare yourself to other people too much but at the same time like you do need to be aware of like what scenes doing what and, you know, yeah. just staying current with the times and not falling behind and just adapting and moving on. Um, so, like, when I go into Warzone, 
like my boy Gul, who, who I own it with, he wasn't too keen on the idea off the bat because because it would have affected our, our Fortnite demographic because it was a purely Fortnite orientated team. So just to come and draw yeah. Warzone into it, it, it threw a lot of fans off. But so it needed to make sense. So we planted the seed of Angelica and Vapula quite early on, then let it grow. Then when we started seeing results, then we presented it to the fan base because if we just went to a new game today, picked up a team, and you know marketed them. Shared them on social media, got all of our fans to support them, and then within a week they, you know, split or they didn't do very well, and we got rid of them. It's just quite embarrassing. Not embarrassing, but it's just quite, you know, it's just it's a bit silly to do that. So we just thought it'd make sense to take things slow. So you know, if we do want to get into a new game now, um, it, it will be very sort of behind the scenes. We'll be studying, having conversations, making sure everything's right before we sort of announce it or go into it. So, um, yeah, that's what I can say on that. But yeah, I think. At the end of the day, man, you've just got to really do something you enjoy. For me, in like 2019, um, when it was purely the Fortnite stuff, like I said, I wasn't doing as much because I, I wasn't too passionate about Fortnite. I was passionate about the brand and where it was going, but yeah. the game itself, you know, I wouldn't in my free time watch Fortnite or really keep up to it. I would just only keep up with what the team was doing. But with COD, like I keep up to date with COD, always have been into COD and um, like FPS esports like Halo and stuff. Um, so yeah, man. That's what I can say on that, really. Just do something you enjoy and just each day, just make sure you're doing a little something, even if it's, you know, I don't, I'll be honest, I don't sit there nine to five and, you know, grind like a full day's work, but maybe, maybe when I jump off this podcast, I may see something and do a bit of research for a few hours tonight and then note it down. And when I jump in call tomorrow with, with someone, I say, yo, like we should do this, that, and the other. And it's just keep, keep your eyes out, man. Just, just keep studying and keep learning. That's my advice. Yeah. So would you say that sort of the majority then is, is your research? Make sure, like you say, that you're up to date. You've not missed anything, you know, your, like you say, your you graphics yourself. Um, it's always good to, like you say, I, I even said to you before the podcast, I was very picky myself. Yeah. Um, and I can I can tell that you're the same, but when it's your own brand and when it's your, your thing that you want to show off on that socials, for example, you don't want it to be any other way. You, you know, you have that image in your head. Exactly. Um, and you want it perfect. Um, but yeah, would you say sort of that it's like the research side of things that is the majority of your time? Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, everything goes hand in hand. Like no one makes a decision other than me and Gaul. People come to us and they'll say, yo, we've got this. And the, I don't know, man, it's like running a team. When I always envisioned running a team or an org, my my blueprints and sort of formulas were always European organizations so as a youngster it was like epsilon or tcm or cod teams and i always envisioned as a as like a younger guy to be like okay if i ever do make it i'll be waking up and i'll be managing a cod team and watching the cod events and that'll be kind of it and doing like the behind the scenes stuff a little bit and that'll be it but with delirium it's like we manage like not everyone in our team even knows each other like it's so big we have over 100 people in the team across like the world in different games different time zones different age demographics so we have like people who stream valorant we have the Warzone players, we have the mainstream COD players, our Fortnite guys, um, we have like a COD sniping side now. So it is like managing like multiple teams within one brand. It's like you've got to oversee it. So from one day to the next, depending on what's current and what's going on, I could be in a call with someone working on a sniping montage with one guy. And then the next day I could be in a call with like a director talking to a brand. And then the next day in a call with someone else chat to someone about a Fortnite video or something like that you know it's just very it's very different from day to day but Mm. for me personally yeah i do i just uh i try to keep myself involved in what i'm what i'm passionate about so like cod and 
other S- uh, FPSs and um, Twitch. I'm I'm really into Twitch, man. I think Twitch is the future. It is the future. Like people know that. But when it comes to Delirium, I really want to build a solid uh, a Twitch um, inf- infrastructure and like a stream team, which is something yeah we're, we're trying to do day to day. But um, yeah, man, research is important, and yeah, maybe is what I do mostly apart from just like the boring behind the scenes stuff, like chatting to brands yeah. and trying to. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Seek investment and stuff, which is yeah. a whole other ball game. But yeah, man. Yeah, no, that sounds. Like I say it, it all just, you know, it would go straight over my head if I was thrown into the deep end. Um, so it's incredible what you guys do to build such a brand that you have, um, and to build it up, like you say, throughout um the years, coming from Fortnite and then expanding onto all these different games. Um, yeah, sure. you know, it's incredible. Um, so we'll go on to sort of the final couple of questions now for you. Um, so this is going back to yourself. Um, yeah. So what was the best content moment you've had to date, whether that be through uh, any of your social medias or from sort of like, we'll say from when like you've uploaded a graphic and it's just gone crazy or when you've uploaded a video and it's just gone, you know, crazy. Um graphic wise i'm not too sure i mean there's been a few just making things for pros and they've just like acknowledged it and then i mean that was quite cool but for me personally i guess maybe if this counts when i competed in on stream in um both of optic hitches modern warfare 2 throwback tournaments because obviously like mm. modern warfare 2 is just like my fave game um as like a lot of people know so i used to put a lot of time into that even there was like a modern warfare 2 community like in like the recent five years of like Europeans and NAs that would actually play like scrims and wages and stuff and eights. So I played Mod 2 a lot and obviously Optic Hitch, he's a real big Mod 2 fan. So he would come and host these throwback tournaments. He did one in 2016 and one in 2017. Um, yeah. Luckily, I was the only, Euro- only European to be in both because I was captain of a team in both, luckily, because I just knew him through doing graphics and stuff. So slid into the DMs and was like, yo, like I love Mod 2, can I get a team? Um, and he's like, yeah, cool. So yeah, I played in one of them with like a few guys. <clears throat> we beat, I mean, we did get railed because it was on like West Coast host at like 2 a.m. playing like yeah. pro. It was playing like, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> pros. Regardless of if they've played the game recently or not, if you're going up against Scump on West Coast, it's hard. Yeah. But we, we, did, we, did, we did snag at SD against um, the Optic team. It wasn't even Optic, it was Scump, Krim, Clay, and Aches. Um, we beat those guys in SD. That was quite a nice moment. Uh, and then the following year, we beat like Dashi, TJ Haley. Blastful and, and someone else in it in S and D, um, but no, those tournaments are really fun, man. They were like for charity and stuff, and you know, shout yeah. out to Scuffer hosting those. But they were probably some of the funnest content moments I've been a part of because I knew a lot of people on Twitter were like, "What the fuck? Like, why is Smurfy and his boys in this tournament with all these pros? Like, how, is, <laughs> how has that happened?" You know what I mean? And one of, in the second one, we did actually get third. We got third out of like sixteen teams. Um, That's crazy. But yeah, man, and that was fun. That was fun, even though in the response we got, well, I got dealt with, but it was fun, man. <laughs> No, but like I say, to just have that opportunity alone is crazy. Like, For sure. Being a part, like you say, with some of those names, you've got like, like you say, Scum, you know, Crimson, Clay, those sorts of people. Back in the day as well, you know, sorts of 2016, 2017, even eight, they were like, you know, at the top of the game. Yeah, man. That's sweaty um, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine that being fun at two in the morning. Um, well, that's how we actually lost eventually goes. because we got through to the winners finals or something uh, and we've been up since like just normal european time and the winners we were waiting for the f- semi-finals or the finals or something and it was getting to like 5 a.m 
and they were like, yeah, you've got, you've got to wait for this team to finish their series. It was like the guys who won it versus like another pro team. And yeah. we were just in cool, like dying, like guys, like we're falling asleep. They're going to slam us anyway, we believe. So we may as well just give them the win and just take for sure, a play. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that's what we did. But nah, it was fun, man. So we've gone to, like I say, the, t- the two final questions for you. Um, yeah. So the first one um, is the best person that you've worked with within the scene um, and why? Um, tough one. I've worked with a lot of people, man, over over the years, in in different stages of their career as well. I mean, from a young star, I was making graphics for like, like Tommy and like Mad Cat and like Pros and that when I was like like twelve, thirteen, and they were just like nowhere near how big they are today. Um, yeah. but like I've got that relationship with those guys. All the European pros are pretty blessed that that I chat to and stuff. And um, yeah, I think that they're nice people to work with, man. Growing up with those guys, but. In terms of like clout, I guess, or like, well, I suppose nicest. Apathy was really cool to work with when I did some graphics for him. He was like, really nice in DMs. Um, because some people you work with, regardless of like their status or their following or whatever, like some are a bit, you can just tell some are a bit egotistical or a bit, a bit yeah. like, tricky to chat to. Whereas some are just like, really humble and really nice. So apathy was really cool. He was, he was a nice guy. We used to have a bit of, a bit of banter in the DMs. Um, big timer from Optic. I'd really think he'd be a hard guy to chat to, but he was actually really chill. He, he like overpaid me. For, for for projects and was like really generous and just really like chill um the nature was cool it sounds like i'm name dropping here but i'm just thinking of like big people that i've because some pros do take like some i won't name some pros or like big careers but some are just like not cool and like i'm yeah. chatting them at the end and i'm just like this i'm not really enjoying this like i probably won't work with these again because like i said i don't do it for the money i do it for just like the, the opportunity or just to like enjoy it um yeah. but nature was quite chill he, he was like quite humorous would always like crack jokes in dms um like ripping my mate who also did graphics um <laughs> but that was like even that was before 100 thieves that i was like 25 no i think it was when he just made 100 thieves like 2015 2016 yeah. um but yeah and in in the gaming scene i guess that's it just probably like a streamer or something that will yeah pretty chill okay um and if you could work with one person um obviously that you haven't already um who would it be and why it's a tough one. Um, in what capacity? Do you mean just design for them or actually work with them in, on like anything? Yeah, in, in whatever sort of, um, in whatever concept, you know, whether that's graphics, whether that's bringing them under Delirium, whether that's, you know, working on other content with them, you know, in sort of a, a collab or anything um, like that. I'd like to personally work and speak with... Uh, Optic Hex, I think, because I actually I make a few of his thumbnails. I don't think he even realizes that I speak with his assistant and I do a lot of his thumbnails for his podcast channel. Um, yeah, but I think Hex is is he's just got uh, the right mindset. I feel when it comes to this sort of content and and gaming, and that's like a a big formula that I like to sort of try and replicate with Delirium is, is Optic Gaming, man. I think they're a really solid brand. Obviously, Phase are incredible as well. Hundred Thieves, they're all great teams, but I think Optic's really more a lot more organic and just sort of self-sufficient um yeah. so i'd love to collaborate with him on some capacity whether that be like a i don't know delirium optic collab or like merch or maybe we yeah. go to the states and play i don't know it's weird because like i speak i've spoken to and speak with like a lot of people in optic and he's like one of the only ones i haven't actually had a direct convo with but i know he's yeah. like i don't think he's unobtainable but um and even like scum who's in our team he's really cool with like karma and like a lot of the, the optic guys and he's in texas and he plays with them sometimes so 
yeah, man, I think it'd be cool to get on his radar and, and do something someday, hopefully. Yeah. Mad. Right. So, obviously, we do a um, a surprise question at the end okay. um, of every podcast, um, just for a bit of fun to sort of end um, on, a, on a bit of a different note. Yeah, so, yeah. You're, you're stuck on an island. Um, you get to pick one person um, to take with you. Um, and three items. Okay. Um, person. That's a tough one, man. That's really tough. <laughs> you can't decide that off, off, off the dome, man. That's, you've got to have some serious consideration when it comes to that. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to keep it PG. So I'll, I'll, I'll go for... Um... Oh, man, that's tough. Who would I take? I feel anyone would get really annoying after a while. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think mean, there's no yeah, one be yeah. perfect to take. I'll tell you, though. I'll tell you. He's in the chat right now. I'll take Big Alan. He's in the chat right now because... He's got a really infectious laughter. He's a nice lad. And I think um I think he'd give me entertainment throughout my, my last days. Um, <laughs> on the island. Three items though. Um I don't know. Well, I'm assuming they can't be electrical or anything like that. Or can uh, they? No, you can take I mean I've had people say they'll take a setup, I've had people say they're gonna take, you know, the double bed. I've heard people say they're gonna take samurai swords. I've I've heard all sorts. So Samurai far swords. Away. Um oof. Let me think, man. Alright, cool. I take... I think it's a cop-out saying your whole setup, though. That's like... Do you know what I mean? It's, it's going to be... Yeah. There's an item, bro. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, there's no Wi-Fi or anything out there. Okay, I'll take... Um, I'm trying to overthink this really practically. Maybe, like, a fridge or, like, a slow cooker or something. <laughs> just for survival purposes. One piece yeah, of like, yeah, equipment yeah. so we can store food or prepare food. I think that's quite smart. Regardless yeah. if we can plug it in or not, hopefully we can actually use it. Um, I think a kettle would be a good one. Okay, we'll go for I don't know, go for like a fridge maybe or like a nah. We'll go for like a slow cooker or something to like yeah. prepare food or like an oven, something like that. Secondly, something entertainmently, entertainment based. Uh, so like, I think any book you can really have one book. Maybe the Bible? Nah, that's dead. Maybe like, <laughs> um, addiction? Nah, I don't know, man. I'll take a pen and paper. Can that count as one? Or is that two? Yeah, yeah, no, go on. Pen and we'll paper. A, we'll do a pen and paper so I can write some memoirs, maybe draw a little bit. Um, I know Alan likes to write some bars, so that'll keep him occupied. <laughs> um, I'll make him up some crosswords or something. Uh, and then thirdly, actually, no, obviously, I'll take um, some sort of music device, whether it's like a phone I could play music off or like, do you know yeah. what I mean? I, I need music in my life. So yeah, as long as I've got music, pen and paper and a fridge or something yeah we'll we'll go for those three there you go so you got fridge pen and paper uh you've got alan and what was the last one um some form of music device wherever it's some like form a, of music there we go let's take an iphone and some airpods or something and a charger yeah yeah we'll let you take a little split off so that obviously alan can listen to the tunes as well yeah don't, don't want him you know missing out um not, man. <laughs> no but really really appreciate you coming on um Apologies, chucking you in at the deep end with the last question. No, I love it. It's always good to uh, to catch people out right at the end of the podcast. Yeah, um, no, honestly, thank you so much for coming on. I know it's been a long time coming. Pleasure, man. Um, and it was obviously meant to be yesterday, but we had to change the dates. Um, and I really appreciate you, you know, sort of accommodating that. Um, been unbelievable insight on sort of how an organisation would work from sort of the inside. Um, and getting a real insight there so 
again really appreciate you coming on appreciate um that. we will be uploading this onto youtube everybody uh wherever you're watching it from and all of smurfy's um all of the socials for smurfy will be on there for team delirium will be on there make sure you go show them all love um and, and drop follows and things like that for you guys um but again appreciate listening guys thank you very much peace thank you guys peace out